There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. Talking about henna, henna, henna. Ico, Ico, Ande. Giacomo Fino, Anane. Giacomo Fino, Anane. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. Ooh, what a week, what a world. What a week, what a world. This is Bowen Yang. This is Matt Rogers, and this is the Las Culturistas podcast. We are here. We got our hats on. Mm. We have our guest in studio, ready to scour culture, ready to go for culture. And it's been a quite a week, quite a couple weeks, personally and publicly. It's been a huge personal and public <laughs> couple of weeks. Absolutely. There's a lot to discuss, and we have a great guest, an old friend. Um, from Bowen and I's NYU days. One of my first friends in New York. Yeah, right? Yeah. One of my first friends in New York. And we can go into this later with our history, Mama. That's true. But listen, she writes for SB Nation. She writes for um, Jalopnik. She writes for Funny or Die, Above Average. I could go One on. One half of the sketch comedy powerhouse duo. And I say that with, with my hands <laughs> giving inflections with Raleigh Williams called Steve Adore. Steve Adore. You must, you must check them out. Everyone... Come on. Come on. Give it up. It's Nicole Conlon. Nicole. It's hello. Okay, this is very exciting. Like like we said, old friends. Old friends, a lot of history. And I actually remember the first time I met Nicole, but I don't know if you remember this. I think I do, and I'm already embarrassed. No, no, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. So I became part of 
Hammercats, yeah. which is the sketch comedy group at NYU, and you guys were in Danger Box, yes. which is the improv group at NYU. Mm-hmm. And I was like kind of newly out of the closet, like and shyly going over to like our friend's house where we had like the opening party and like, oh, I don't know what will they think. And I remember Colin Cordopassi, our friend, mm. like saw me and kind of whispered to Nicole like a question that I knew was, is he gay? <laughs> because like oh, always gay men have to like check in with their straight girlfriends. Like, is he gay? Yeah. Like, side note, I'm always the wrong straight girlfriend to check in with on that <laughs> i mean also my gaydar is totally shot but also nicole at the time like and still does but like attracted an impressive coterie of gay men at nyu a coterie and anyway i just remember what she said was she looked at me she looked back at colin and goes this is truly nicole's essence she goes toss up <laughs> Yep. Toss that's, up. That's great. Like, and that's the <laughs> with an earshot, like you could hear her. Oh, I have, fully. I have my dad and I are in the same way where I yeah. I have the hardest time understanding what volume I'm speaking at at any given oh time. God. Whenever whenever Raleigh and I are out in public somewhere writing and I start getting excited about something, I'll mm-hmm. talk louder and he always has to be like, You were embarrassing me. That's I so funny that because Raleigh's girlfriend, Sudi Green, does the same thing to me. I'm constantly <laughs> screaming when I'm excited or worked up about anything. He's like, Okay. Just want to let you. She's like, you're screaming, but <laughs> you're screaming at this moment. And the chain goes on, continues at me because I feel like you check my volume sometimes. My yeah. volume. Uh, what is? It? When do I do that? In like a restaurant or public space? Public space is when I like when I get too loud and like you will like shoot me a look and be like Bowen, behave. Yeah, I just love yeah. being being the power. <laughs> I love I love telling Bowen to shut up. Ugh, Quiet down. Nicole and I go way back. Nicole and I first saw each other in high school. At so it all the way goes back all the way to denver yeah it, it, to denver. I, it, it just we dipped a toe in denver because we, we met our high school improv groups were performing at the same theater mm-hmm. and we literally met for one night and then didn't talk again yeah. you met eyes yeah we you met eyes, eyes and, and you knew yeah and we knew well then <laughs> and then it took a minute where we became facebook friends before we had even met again in person at nyu yeah and i think it took us both a while to figure out like oh that's the other person yeah that yeah I yeah, met. yeah. <laughs> well did you guys do that thing um where you got accepted to NYU and then proceeded to friend request randomly like yes. hundreds of people. I didn't because oh, didn't? I was well, but I came to NYU. At, it was sort of like a fluke. Like mm-hmm. it, it was not. I applied there because my high school guidance counselor made me go there. But like, yeah. all of my other choices were other schools, and just through like a series of random events, it, it, NYU ended up being the only option. And I was like. I had been to New York once and I hated it. And I was yeah. like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to study theater. I don't like any of these people. And I'm too good for all of this. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They friend requested me and tried to be like very welcoming and like friendly. And I'm a stubborn asshole and was just like, I don't need to be friends with any of you. Nicole Wait. dragged kicking and screaming to the then number one dream school in the country. In the top, right? in the top studio. They wouldn't let that go. What do you mean? They wouldn't let that. They were always talking about how, you know, NYU was the number one dream school, right? Here's the thing. I need it's to be not. honest, though, because people people are like, but you got in, Nicole. That's so impressive. And it's like, I think I got in because my parents could afford it. <laughs> to be uh, honest with you. I think that was a big part of the I think Your admission? Yeah, I think oh. so. I actually think that they accepted a lot of people. Deb- I think it was kind of easy to get in, depending on what program I you were. I thought it was kind of easy to get you in. Were- I think it's a 30% acceptance rate. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy competitive. Also, there's a lot of space to put these people, and they want your fucking money. Yeah. They're yeah. a fucking 
horrible scam yep 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 i mean i was thinking and i'm not not proud that i went to nyu but i was thinking back to like some of my education and i'm like holy shit oh god well i in the same way that i'm a very stubborn asshole and like didn't want to be friends with anybody in the theater program yeah. i transferred into gallatin because right. i'm the kind of person who's like i want to be able to do whatever i want <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you were originally in I drama, was in ETW. study experimental theater. Yeah, and yeah. then I transferred into Gallatin because I didn't want to have to learn anything. <laughs> and then I went yeah. there and I, I was like, I'm going to design my own course of study. And then in <laughs> retrospect, it's like, I learned nothing. Ugh. I did not learn anything in college. It's like a little bit embarrassing how little I did and how little it I learned. It kind of makes me feel like, because I truly do believe that if I were essentially because at 18 years old when you graduate high school you pretty much are forced to go to college i mean unless you unless you can't go if you're from like the suburbs like or the nicer suburbs or whatever like if you're from any middle class like upbringing like that's what you do you know you go to college despite knowing it's high school part two or you don't and you don't necessarily know what the fuck you want to do i mean Mm -hmm. i think probably all three of us thought we were going to do one thing when we went to school and ended up doing something totally different yes um, I mean, I listen. My education in NYU was like all in the gradient towards like doing well in my MCATs, and now, like, with some distance away from school from undergrad, like I remember nothing. nothing I bet I some learned. people would be surprised to know that about you, though. That that d- d- oh d- yeah, uh, I was a pre med uh, at, at NYU, but I was on the improv group, so like my my social circle was like mostly like people tish and tish tish kids, um, like actually like cool people i wanted to hang out with i mean like look there were some great people in the pre-med program but it was just very competitive it's very specific when you do this especially when you do comedy and when you hang out with the group of people we did it's your brain works a very specific way and Mm -hmm. it does become very different or difficult to hang out with people who like are are just normal people and that's not (laughs) to say that one is better or worse but it is a culture it's Mm -hmm. a it's a specific culture and it's hard to let it go and it's if you're always doing bits Mm-hmm. you know a regular conversation just becomes very stressful because you're trying to figure out like the game of the conversation yeah, like, like you're i'm like, just telling you're you about like, my when when does this when do we laugh yeah. when <laughs> like i remember i my first year i was in liberal studies well because to like reveal something about my experience at nyu i was on essentially what was disguised as an academic academic scholarship but it really was an athletic scholarship i was supposed to run track at nyu and they gave me like some a good not a great amount but an okay amount of financial aid yep. for me to say okay it's not completely irresponsible for me to go to NYU but because it was a D3 school they couldn't call it an athletic scholarship right. um, so i had i had applied early decision to columbia which just wasn't a good enough student to get in there mm-hmm. but had the athletic seal of seal of approval mm. and the same thing happened in NYU and because it was easier to get in they gave me like what was sort of an athletic scholarship but they called an academic scholarship which i was then able to quit the track team and still keep because they couldn't take right, my academic scholarship <laughs> away. Oh my god, that's so So funny. I was on the I was on the track team for ooh, 5 days. <laughs> and then I was like, "No." I remember you hated it. You've told this story before. It was so bad. I mean, it was just like that's why I feel like you don't go to school when you're 18 or like I don't necessarily recommend it because I truly feel if I were forced to go to college now and this is my original point that I would want to learn so much more. I would seek out knowledge. I have considered going to grad school not because I want to like do anything with it but because I want the opportunity to study something that isn't 
Exactly. Exactly. Like, put in your all. Anything related to what I'm trying to do career wise. Matt's hat just fell off. We I just my yeah, culture to, hat just fell yeah, off. Yeah, get the culture hat, Bo, and we'll talk. I have a I have a question for you, Nicole, because I didn't. I I think you told me about told me this about you with NYU with like your reluctance to to uh, you know matriculate. I guess, but mm-hmm. like, what was your top choice? So I had wanted to study ancient history, uh, and it's very difficult to do that yeah. in America because we're not close to any of the artifacts. So yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah. to go to, I think my top two choices were, they were both in England. Actually, I think one was maybe University of Edinburgh and the other was University of Manchester. I and so that had, yeah. that that had been so like cool. my plan. And then my mom, um, and like real quick, this is going to sound like I'm blaming my mom for all my problems. Like no, the, no, things no. worked out well. I have a very good life. Yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. I'm maybe happier doing this, but like, my mom, when it came time to like really like commit to a school, was like, I don't want you going overseas. Like, yeah. Mm. Uh, and so, and then at that point, like the schools I had gotten into in the US, like the dates that already passed, yeah. or like I didn't really, I was sort of applying there because I had to. And so it came down to like NYU or like I could go to like, see you denver right right i um, think what your mom was really thinking was it's going to be very hard for you in england to decide you want to do comedy later yes so yes, she was exactly. like i just want you to have a solid back a solid fallback of her comedy thing is, she's very like she's actually gotten much better about it but like when i left her thing was like if you're in new york and you get like really sick or something i can be there in four hours yeah no, in that's... england it'll take me two days to get and there. again maybe a reason why we're not ready and we shouldn't be sending 18 year olds yeah. to school because God. we don't want them to fucking get sick overseas. Yeah. Okay. Well then why are we putting them in like this kind of stressful situation? Yep. Elizabeth Conlin, your mother, just a, a wise woman because I remember right out of college when I was like getting ready for my MCATs or when I was taking them or a second time around, mm-hmm. I remember her asking you and then you asked me sort of as like, um, like by proxy, you were it's like, a, which is so funny. Cause now <laughs> you and my mom have each other's phone numbers and you could just text. Each exactly. Other. <laughs> exactly. Hi, I'm going to text Elizabeth later. Um, and she had asked you to ask me what my plan was and like what I wanted to specialize in. And I, I just, when you asked me that, I like froze up and that was like one of the moments that led up to me being like, Oh, I can't do that. And my mom to her credit has both my parents are physicians and both of them have always from day one been like, don't the same way that comedians say it, like don't Mm -hmm. do this unless you have Mm -hmm. to do it. Like don't do this unless you can't do anything else. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but I do think like as I've gotten older, I have started to, sort of pick up on what my other interests are. Yes. Like, I really feel like if this whole thing doesn't work out, I would like to go to school for, like, psychology or something. I would love to, like, get a master's degree in that and maybe, like, sort of get into therapy. Yeah. Like, or just something like that. Also, I am really enjoying reading a lot about, like, gender. And, like, I'm, I'm really liking, like, like, all these conversations that we've been having over the past couple weeks and, like, our community on Facebook and what's now become essentially the entertainment community at large yeah. with, with this now what's become like this Amy Schumer controversy. Like, it's just so interesting for me to hear all their perspectives and like, you know, obviously I feel a certain, a certain way, but it's just like really kind of, it's this interest and in like, mm-hmm. and like gender and like all that stuff that I never thought I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that like, and just politics in, in general sparked something but it's you. like but i would never have known i was interested in any of this but and at, I, at I don't know if i could have gotten interested in it no. i think i needed the life experience leading up to this point sure. right and so maybe yeah it's like it's like everybody go to baptism by fire yeah 
Everyone go to grad school is what the moral of this yes. is. Nicole, we have to ask you, like we ask all of our guests, yeah. what is culture that shaped you? Yeah. What, so, when, when did you th- when did you think culture was for you? Sorry, we just say this every. <laughs> when would you when did you decide that culture was for you? Yes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, so I I listened to your podcast. And I knew you were going to answer this question, and in the days leading up to the podcast, I've been like, I should think about my answer, so I have a good uh-huh. one, and then I didn't until now. <laughs> um, but I I was sort of thinking about it on the train over, and I I think. Like many things, I think I'm sort of at a weird place in my life right now where I don't know if it's just because I'm very busy or very stressed mm-hmm. or if there's like something wrong with me, but um, <laughs> I'm trying, I like, there are things that I know that I was into yes. when I was younger, but now I can't remember any <gasps> specific thing about those things. See, I kind and of. And it's terrifying. I, I guess I relate to that, but like, why do you I think just, that is? I don't know. I just listened to Sudi's episode and she was talking all about Lord of the Rings and I was like, into Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and I like I like I was like a real weird I for sure have some level of Asperger's uh, and like at that time it, it was like well I'm in Lord of the Rings now I'm gonna like learn how to speak <laughs> yeah. Elvish and I'm gonna like, like get all the action figures and yeah. I'm gonna I read the Silmarillion which nobody's <gasps> read you read the Silmarillion yeah, yeah. Uh, and now but now like <laughs> I can barely remember Lord of the Rings at all and I've read those books all the way through multiple times I've seen those movies uh, in the extended editions multiple times I used to spend hours on the Star Wars website and probably couldn't tell you even one name of anyone on the Jedi Council and and it this makes me feel better that it's also happening because it really does feel like oh I'm losing my mind Uh, (laughs) it's that inside out (laughs) moment of when what's his name fades away oh god you know what's Bing Bong which whatever there's something else it's like some people can still get inside out some people can so readily answer that question like what did you grow up loving and it's because it wasn't the it wasn't a well thought out movie (laughs) i just didn't love it pixar gave it like 70 percent. i read an article in like maybe like wired or something or fast company when that movie was in production and they were building it up to be like yeah the one this is the one that pixar has been working up to Uh this whole time uh and it was like two years before it came out and how they like originally had a whole script and then they realized that they had done it all wrong and they had a new direction for the movie and like that was the point. Like you should be able to start over again. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, there's a lot of fuss over not a particularly good movie. They just <laughs> make are... such a big fucking deal about every single goddamn Pixar movie. And I'm like, no, I know it's not better than Monsters, Inc. You did it. You, you, you done it. You done it. You, you done it. You Guys, we, you co- done it already. We're coining. You done rule it. Number, rule number 250. You, you done, done it. it. Thank you. When you make Monsters, Inc., you, you done, done it. it. Um, but uh, so, so the stuff that I do remember about like being very culturally yes, defining for yes. me was like, this is a thing I'm talking to my boyfriend about recently. I think if I, if I could sort of map my ultimate long-term career trajectory, mm-hmm. it would be like, I would do comedy for a long time yep. and then I would maybe like step back from the spotlight a little bit and like write books or like write for television yes. and then I would want to go like the Michael Palin route and just do like weird travel shows yeah. <laughs> where oh. I do like quips. Yes. <laughs> oh <my laughs> That's God. what I want. But, I love that. But I think like the first thing that I remember <laughs> like being like this changes everything was I there was a four part documentary series back when um, TLC and the Discovery Channel were like educational yeah, yeah, more yeah, or less. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it was John Cleese did a four part series about the human face oh and I, I have it on DVD and it's fascinating i still think it's incredible wow. and it's it's very funny but it's it's john cleese and elizabeth hurley are in it and then there's like interviews Love with like elizabeth. pierce brosnan and like other but it's like all about like the way that the face is shaped by biology and mm. how like the brain interprets it and then how like culture, Edu- culture edu- edu- uh, educational culture yes 
Yes. And I think that is something that still kind of, kind of holds true for me. And then there's also like weird, like cartoons. I, I like a lot. Yeah. SpongeBob. SpongeBob's a huge, huge, huge thing for me. Um, I think the best 12 minutes of television ever written are, um, uh, band geeks, the SpongeBob episode called band geeks. Uh uh Um, so do you get excited for the, because we just talked about inside out. Do you get excited for the animated movies that when they come out? Sometimes it's the thing is like, the, all of them are supposed to be like, oh, sweet, and they have so much heart. Yeah. But like oh. the cartoons that I like are like, like SpongeBob is just fucking stupid. It's, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. so dumb. So like, that's what I like. This is the thing. Um, Andy Samberg was on Pete Holmes' podcast, and he had this quote that was like, oh, somebody gets me, somebody gets it, where he was like, um, I think important, yeah. I'm doing air quotes, important comedy is having a moment right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and that's great. And I think it should. And like we need it. And it's doing really good, important things. But I got into comedy because I like just doing stupid dumb, shit. silly, Same. stupid it's stuff. It's a little too yep. earnest and sincere now, you think? Yeah. And I, it, and it, I, I, which, I like, kind of agree. I'm not going to. I'm like Amy Schumer's show, like do the, the 12 Angry Men episode is like, yeah, that's an important piece of like art and comedy. And we should absolutely celebrate yeah. it. I think Pop Star was the best movie of the I year. I totally oh agree with God. you. We love it's we Pop Star. literally <laughs> had so much fun watching it. And also, you know, we just saw it and we bad fucking moms. loved bad you would moms. Love bad moms. Nicole. I think it I was would. so stupid. It was so dumb. But it was, it was so also fun. but also this is and this is my particular taste. Is it like sort of kind of is about a, a thing that that you do There's think a about? There was a message, but you get at any quote unquote point by being so fucking stupid everything <laughs> Catherine hahn uh, says in the movie is so she's stupid a genius. full genius. genius pop star is so fucking funny. So, funny so funny it's just so funny and it rem- it did it recalled a time of when i was seeing movies a lot in high school which is we're, we're all the same age and so like i feel like this was reminding me of like Reno 911 yeah. and like scary movie yeah. three i should scary be movie specific three, the best yeah. one and like anchorman which was like truly dumb. dumb yeah but that was what made me want to do it. and also honestly lonely island lonely island they you, were huge for me huge influence on matt but nicole okay this is interesting because i feel like there are intersections of dumb and important and yes. it's interesting that you brought up michael palin and john cleese because i feel like maybe unless you got to this later in life i feel like monty python probably had an effect on you totally there's this book that i got that i can't remember the title of now i know but, i know what book you're talking it's, about it's like analyzing monty yep. python yep, yep, yep. um and it's like a hard book yeah of <laughs> like it, it looks is. it's got like a fun like flying circus cover so you're like what a, this is gonna be a great beach read and then it's like harder than most of the like of course like interdisciplinary texts i read in college <laughs> I I feel like jesus christ monty but, python is like truly the smartest people ever doing the dumbest dumbest shit world. absolutely and that's, that's how you know that should be so, allowed like yes exactly <laughs> yeah and it and this book because i always thought about it like oh this dead parrot sketch is so funny it's a guy who won't admit the parrot's dead uh-huh, uh-huh. and yeah. then you read this book and it's like well actually uh monty python was one of the most subversive acts on television at the time and it completely and I was like oh I didn't understand that all of this is why I was funny but okay (laughs) but also I do think it takes a smart person to get that kind of dumb I really do like I I think that like for example you know were you guys fans of Wonder Showsen yeah I never saw okay so oh my god just you gotta check it out or maybe it was only funny to me like being like really tired at night in high school (laughs) but like it was so fucking funny and it was so st- fucking stupid. But like, and it was like a kid's show that was like inappropriate. Like uh-huh, that was what was uh-huh. so crazy about it. But I just remember some of the jokes that I now look back on and they still hold up for me. Like a random non sequitur being like, they do a sketch, whatever. And then a transition would be 
like a little girl like having an anguished like moment and the voiceover was you're never too young for a vietnam flashback Uh, and i was and she was just like and there was just like (laughs) bombs going off in the back and it was over in four seconds and i was like that to me is brilliant i don't know what to say (laughs) like that that gets it for me like i will that will stand the test of time. You know, me. you know what stands the test of time and will for all time. What? Um, Scary Movie Three. Yes. When? No, I know what you're talking about. When, this is this is the best. <laughs> scene. Okay, do, this do, is do, the yeah. best scene in cinematic history. The guy walks out with his daughter or whatever. His no, it's sister. so funny. Anna Ferris and Simon Rex. Simon Rex. <laughs> Literally, we are the only ones who know his name. Former gay porn movie star. <laughs> he only Simon did solo Rex. scenes. He did solo. He only scenes. did solo stuff, but he did like show his asshole and jack uh-huh. off. Uh, in gay porn. Yep. Sure. And um, he was in Scary Movie 3 as like <laughs> the romantic lead. Sure. <laughs> the comic lead. With Anna Ferris, they have this like sweet, sweet, sweet scene in a classroom. And he, he's like, take it easy. And he take, he picks up his like niece from school and they leave. And the, the scene lingers on the door for just like two seconds. And then like dozens of crayons just like hit the door. Cut to Regina Hall, the kindergarten kindergarten teacher going, no, who the fuck did, did that? that? And so, <laughs> Scene over. Scene <laughs> over. Cut. Next scene. So good. Who the fuck did that? And you know it was in the script. Like, <laughs> you know it was in the script because, like, what? Like, the it's just like stupidest. Stupidest thing. fucking interaction between Anna Ferris and Simon Rex. <laughs> the door closes. Seconds go by. All these fucking crayons. <laughs> Who the fuck did that? That's so moving um, on. There's, oh my there's, god! Uh, I think the moment within oh. the past like five years, I think that I laughed at on a television show harder than anything else was um, the show "Those Who Can't" on True TV. There's just one moment. It's at the end of an episode. It has nothing to do with the episode. There's like because it's a it's a show about teachers. And I'm not just saying this because they're from Colorado. And uh-huh, I'm, uh-huh. I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not just saying that. This, <laughs> so it's they're teachers at a school, and there had been like an assembly or something, and they're the mascot named Terry is rolling across the the screen, and one of the guys is just sitting there, and Terry rolls past, and he goes, Ugh, "Terry, you're so dumb." <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard you reference this. You're so dumb. Oh my God. That reminds me. I don't know if this is like a, like a good connection, but that reminds me of when you and I, Nicole were at your house winter break in like 2009 watching SpongeBob SquarePants, Mystery with the Twistery. And then. (laughs) That's such a funny movie. Such a funny movie. Is it a movie? Mystery with the Twistery? It's like a made for TV movie. (laughs) And then. I referenced this. Oh, I forgot about this until. Oh, it's so funny. And then, wait, can you walk me through this again? Someone goes up to Patrick. Yeah. (laughs) A fish goes up to Patrick. Wait, what does he say? He goes, are you a. Are you a werewolf? It's about werewolves, right? I'm, I'm butchering it's, this. I have to. I have to look it up now. We'll look it up. Oh okay. god, and it's also so funny. A solid year. We quoted. We quoted it. this. All Do you year know long. what I'm realizing? I'm remembering now that people love and I love is like honestly just like quotable lines. Quotable lines. Like movies and t- and like things right There's now. Some people they like to make fun have... of the guy who makes who who just quotes movies at the party, which I get it. But there's so much of me that is that. Oh my guy. god! Yeah. Do you know what I just remembered? Fucking um, middle ditch. In uh, I don't like water. I've never drink it. Middle ditch. <laughs> oh my I god. I don't like water. I never drink it. Oh my god. And Josh Rubin. Josh Rubin and Middle Ditch. Oh my god. And those college humor videos. So Honestly, you know what's crazy to to realize? Yeah. Is that we? I've been watching some of the people that I like. Oh wait, I, I I've been watching I, some of the people for so fucking it. long. 
Like middle ditch, I've been watching his fucking videos for yeah. so long. Uh-huh. Like even like the Derek guys, like it's just crazy. Like and I've, we've officially like there's people that I've met now that I'm like, oh yeah, I watched your video in middle school. Middle ditch did <laughs> Nicole got middle ditch to do monologues for a Danger Box show, which is so our crazy. sophomore year, oh, and then God. he just kind of did monologues and sat there and was like a little like, oh yeah, I'm here, whatever. And then Nicole and I made did a whole scene about Williamsburg, and at the time it was like it was still cool to make fun of hipsters. It was still cool to make fun of hipsters and make fun yeah. of Williamsburg. And then middle ditch laughed a lot, and I was so proud. I was yeah. like, middle ditch likes us. Um, the line was, uh, it was, there was like a, the SpongeBob line. Yeah. Patrick goes up to a fish and he's like, well, you might not be a butler, but are you a werewolf <laughs> out of nowhere in no context within the episode? And the guy's like, what? No. And Patrick's like, okay. And he walks away and then he just turns into <laughs> a, a werewolf, werewolf and <laughs> screams. It's so it goddamn nothing funny. nothing to do with the rest of the episode. <laughs> See that I, I mean, love that. We're gonna return to that very soon. Like absurd, stupid comedy. It must go that way. It has to. It has to. That's I, that's all that's that's what all of our references have been tonight. Like Monty Python, SpongeBob, fucking Wonder Shows and like all of those things. I do, I love it. I mean oh, man, but I do really appreciate what's going on now. Like I I do like all of it, but I definitely There's room for both. I think there is room for both, especially with so many platforms. I think, I think, well, and I think that's the issue is now it's so many like, uh, like, and I work for one, so I can, I've worked for multiple, many. uh, many clickbait websites where it's like, they want to make a funny video, but they want it to have a point. Cause that's like, what's shareable or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like <laughs> just like an oppressive force in comedy right yeah. now. I think it's the only thing that's not funny. Is yeah. clickbait. It's clickbait. It's yeah. so not fucking transparent. funny. And like, oh, honestly, not the show transparent. Like, I'm saying it's, it's all transparent. Yeah, yeah. No. I <laughs> thought you meant the show transparent. <laughs> we thought you meant the trans- clickbait, y'all. Transparent is not funny clickbait. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Imagine like, if on I my took tombstone. A um, like honestly, Bone and I are trying to work on something right now, and it's just so frustrating to have to deal with. Like, <sighs> oh, you have to water it down this way and this way, even though it is best this way. We know that. Um, yeah, this is you're doing like a branded thing. Well, it's like we're trying to get something done that we really like, and it's, it's not just, even branded. But for some reason, there are marketing considerations to be had, and we're like, what? We were told we were too niche. I'm like, which, well, which that's, was code it, for that's too gay. Interesting, yeah. wa- interesting yeah. way of saying that we're too gay. Which yeah. is like, which is, which is fucked up, honestly. Which is stupid. I mean, like, honestly, and I understand it, but like, get a spine, yeah. get a backbone. You know it's good. We know it's good. It will find an audience. Yeah. It's just like, I understand maybe you don't, maybe you don't feel like you cater to the audience. And also like, I understand that they have a job to do, but it's just bullshit. It's, it's just so annoying. When you lose a hundred subscribers who are homophobic and pieces of shit anyway. Like, who cares? People anyway. just don't, they don't. They the don't, other thing about yeah. working in the internet for as long as I have is like uh, those people are never gonna be happy. Like, no, just makes stuff yeah. like like cool. You keep the hundred subscribers who aren't cool with gay people, and then you lose the subscribers who decide they're comedy experts and think you're not funny. I mean, sure. small plug. We we just had a fucking amazing experience uh, with Comedy Central, who just let us do whatever and we did wanted. Not, did yeah. not get in our way. Didn't get in the way at all. Only contributed positively to the product. It's our video with Popperlets called "Sex with My Teacher." It's coming out this weekend, and we think it's it. great. Think it's they great. didn't try to change any lyrics. I didn't realize like, Comedy Central was on board for that. No, yeah, that was yeah, part great. of a part of a we Popperlet was comics to watch last year, so we got to make oh, a video that's right. with I did them. Know that. Yeah. So like, it was really cool, and the whole situation was so 
wonderful. So it's like experience. it's so it made me kind of realize like after the fact because I didn't even realize working on it that this had been the case. But I was like, wow, it does exist. Like you can have a positive working experience with one of these like large companies. Yeah. Like it mm-hmm. can happen. But like it seems to be these little internet companies that like don't. Yeah. Maybe because they have more I writing on it. I shouldn't throw any of my companies under the bus except no. Sports Illustrated, which I will happily throw under the bus. Woo. But um, but like both Gawker, rest in peace, uh, mm, yeah. and um, Gelatinix still exists, but Gawker doesn't. Right, and, right. and SB Nation have been very like, they will let me kind of do whatever I want, but because they're like SB Nation exists for sports fans and Gelatinix exists for car fans. Yeah. So there's no reason for me to do like sketch content <laughs> yeah. on there but they're like yeah. if you you can do whatever you want with cars and sports but. turn something into your editor edge lap like, um, i think this is incisive yeah i think <laughs> this is really gonna turn some heads <laughs> uh, we're gonna get we're, uh, yeah. nicole this is a seven page powerpuff girls parody <laughs> yes it is and uh it's pretty subversive it's not it's just not what we do <laughs> oh See my ya. god there's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Hey, Los Culturistas listeners, we're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com, then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing. Me too. But now with gift mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing. Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So... Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get... 
Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. So you work at, so at, a, at one point in time, uh, prior to this week, you worked for two media conglomerates, for Vox and for Gawker Media. Um, I mean, is there like any like crazy, like, is that like a, a weird experience at all? Or you're, you're just working for, you're just a free agent for all this site? Yeah, well, well, I'm full-time, I was full-time at Gawker with Jalapnik and then mm-hmm. I left when I started at SB Nation. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was I was never at them at overlapping times. Um it, it's it. I think the weirdest thing about it is it is so like um, You don't have to talk we you know you know what we don't we don't have to put work on blast. It's no no but, no no and you're not at all because the 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 thing is it's like an unbelievably good job. The thing about SB Nation is like all of my coworkers it's the first time I've ever been insecure about the fact that like all of my coworkers could easily walk out of the office and into a UCB class and be the funniest guy in the UCB class. Oh, don't you class. hate that? <laughs> and be, and be yeah. like better than me at comedy. Oh, and, I feel like that. And about... they just like love sports and writing and they're like, I have no interest in comedy. But they're and, so funny. But that so is funny. so eye-opening is when you realize like, like I, I have some friends from high school who a couple of them like I know could have been superstars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like my best friend, um, Ken uh-huh. from home, he's like, Handsome like a movie star, like probably more handsome than like Chris Hemsworth, uh-huh, and uh-huh. like so 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 funny, and like and just I a feel nice like guy. if it's so nice and like charismatic, and everyone knows it, and then when he walks in the room, and I'm just like, if he had decided to like try to do this, like he might have been absolutely huge. Yeah, like it's just so funny because like some for, people for a long time, just aren't Raleigh as fucking into themselves. Like oh really? Yeah, because yeah. because for a long time he he didn't necessarily want to move to New York, and so I was like, man, it sucks that. Raleigh Williams is is just gonna live in Denver forever. That's what I thought. And then he moved here, and I was like, "Oh, thank God." Nicole took me to one of Raleigh Williams' stand up sets in like '09, which he doesn't again. even do anymore. He doesn't even do anymore. And then he killed it. It was like a twenty minute, like more than that. It was like a thirty minute long set. And I was like, "This guy's really funny. Why is he not in New York?" And then finally, he's in New York now, and yeah. he's not even doing stand up anymore. But he's still so funny. Yeah. I love Raleigh. Yeah, I love Raleigh too, so so much. But everyone loves Raleigh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be. He's gonna, he'll be fine. You'll both be he's fine. Absolutely nail. But the thing is, it's just so funny to think of those people like that just ha- they Lay just, they just weren't as interested in themselves as we are. <laughs> yeah. Like they're oh, just yeah. like, no, actually, I'm, I'm going to co-contribute to the myself. world. I'm very obsessed with myself. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you spend as much time on your phone as, as we do, like Man, just speaking of be... being obsessed with yourself, uh, I just recently started <laughs> following these um, YouTube bloggers, these like fitness girls. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with them. Would you do they're... a better job of vlogging than they would? You think I don't. Uh, there's there's a couple that I think I would do a better job, but there's some that are just like, oh, I, I get why people like it because you feel like they're your friends. Exactly. 
I think you and I don't like. Uh, if there's a wrong way to take this, this is not how I intend to communicate this. I will. You be would. Offended no you would do so. <laughs> I think you would do so well as like a fitness vlogger. Uh, here's the thing. I think I could have at one point. I think at this point now, because I'm so like in the comedy world, I uh-huh. don't. I. I Everybody sure. else would give me so much shit yeah. for yeah, doing but what a if fitness you were to, vlog. What if you were to own it way ahead of them and be like, hey guys, this is a fucking stupid <laughs> fitness vlog. Here we go. And it's actually good though. Yeah. Here's So I could do it sincerely or I have been trying to write a parody character of that for so long. I think Ooh. I have a weird thing in my brain where if I'm too close to something, I can't write about it. Oh, and that's sure. sort of why Not I work. Not until later. Yeah, it's sort of why I work in sports and why I work in cars briefly because it was like, I like these things, don't particularly care about them. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. very easy for me to like disconnect, like just be like, okay, I just have to do this and finish the work. Yeah. I've been trying to write a pilot about the gym. I've been trying to write that gym character. Right now I'm working on another pilot about like a ski resort um, I've been working on this screenplay that back to the history thing. I've been working on a screenplay about Giuseppe Garibaldi for years. Garibaldi? Not, yeah, You're Garibaldi, writing a Garibaldi yeah. screenplay? Which oh is crazy to me that like Italy hasn't made a Garibaldi biopic since like 1960 or something. And it's not even a particularly good one, which makes me think there's some sort of like life rights issue and I should just Probably. let it sail uh, away. Sure. Um, something like that. But, but I mean, I can still write it to learn how to write. Um, but like all the stuff that I'm very excited about and passionate about is just like, and maybe it's just because like I'm not good enough yet. So it's like, anything I write is going to be a little bit disappointing to me. But then like I wrote this fucking, I mean, I shouldn't talk about this now that our friend Billy Domino has blown up for his spec script, but yeah. <laughs> I wrote a spec script for the people versus OJ Simpson. Yes. It's just oh, a parody spec God. script. Uh-huh. And I wrote it in like a day and I was like, well, this is the easiest thing I've ever written and the best thing I've ever, why can't <laughs> I write something useful? <laughs> wow. But that's so interesting that like t- in order to right now, you're at this point where you have to sort of dissociate from the subject. I think matter. so. And so maybe I should just do a sincere fitness vlog and see where Honestly, that goes. Yeah, because they say, right, what you know, but also it is hard to do that sometimes when you're like, no, I take this seriously. What do you mean? And you yeah. see the moving like, parts like, of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, yeah, that would be really hard. It's like, and then y- there's also the flip side of that is when you like are too young to fucking know how to do anything. And I like, think I still another am reason, there a little bit because like back to NYU and me doing whatever the fuck right. I want. I didn't really learn how to write. I was in a lot of like independent study writing classes where I yeah. I churned out a certain number of pages, but I was like, I'm going to write whatever I want and I'm yeah. going to do nonlinear storytelling. And it's just <laughs> oh, like, yeah. it's garbage. I didn't learn how There's to write. So I still don't know how to breaking. write. Yeah. So much like form innovative breaking. form breaking my, in like theater school. It's like, oh, I'm going to write the fucking is bottle is, episode. Yeah. <laughs> my senior, senior thesis film is a point of extreme embarrassment for me. And it's, it's so bad that I like, I've never even gone back to edit it because so many people did so much work for me for free. And as soon as I finished it, I was like, oh, this is bad, Mm -hmm. and if I put in the work to finish it, then that's going to take time away from me doing actual productive things. Yep. Yes. But in and of itself, there you go, and it was an educational aspect. Yeah, it just cost my parents a lot of money for me to learn (laughs) that one I mean, I I will say, like, fucking, I remember sitting in class at, I went to dramatic writing at Tisch at NYU, and I was in, like, one-hour drama class where you learn how to write, like, an episode of one-hour dramatic television, and everyone had to write a show, which essentially just became a fan fiction, like, jack-off vest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to write a Grey's Anatomy because I know what this is fucking stupid. <laughs> and I know I can do this just so, and so just so you guys know, I'm writing this dumbass show. It, this, this will be the stupidest thing you guys read ever. It will be dumb. I don't want anyone to think I took it seriously. I'm not doing it. The kids next to me are like, well, in my episode of Breaking Bad, 
mm. or in my episode of Mad Men, I'm like, who do you think you are yeah. that at 20 years old, you can come in here with your breaking back? And I so, I so was that person that was like, well, I'm going to write a pilot this year and then I'm going to be some sort of whiz kid in Hollywood. Yep. <laughs> like, um, and now I have abandoned that. And now I'm like, I'm 26. I'm so old. <laughs> no one's going to want me anymore. Yeah. And then I have the the very few moments of clarity where I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> In my but- thesis class at Dramatic Writing, a kid wrote, a, wrote like a one hour script about like a man in the 1680s who always was going into fugue states <laughs> and like becoming a different person. Oh my but God. like the fugue personalities were helping each other solve a crime. <laughs> I was like, this is, it was called fugue. Uh, you just love oh, because fugue is also a, a musical type yes. that would have been around during the 1600s. Honestly, it was crazy. And he probably just watched that breaking bad episode where Walter comes back from his fugue, fugue state, state and they keep saying the word fugue, 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 fugue. <laughs> Literally a fugue state was not a thing before breaking. Bad. No, it was. <laughs> It's true. It's 100% I also, I, true. I love using it as like a way. Oh yeah, when, when I went into my fugue state, I was on a fugue state on Fire Island. Yeah, like we you, were we like, like we always around. refer to our Orlando trip as one long fugue, fugue state. state. <laughs> Absolutely, that's what it was. That's what it was. Okay, Nicole. Um, the loose episode, the loose theme for this episode is sports, sports, sports. 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 Yes. You just said that you don't care for sports all that much, which is completely well and good. I mean, is there anything? I mean, I don't watch sports really. So, I mean, I, I kind of got into sports. Uh, I mean, I, I was uh, seeing a guy who liked basketball a lot, and he was a sports writer at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for various rela- various reasons, the relationship didn't work out. And then now we both look back and are like, oh, thank God that <laughs> you moved away. And it didn't, <laughs> it didn't, yeah. we, it never would have worked. And right. now we're friends. Um, but uh, so I kind of got interested in it because of that. And then we were in that weird time after college where it's like, I okay, I can't get a job unless I like have something to show for myself, but I don't have like a portfolio because I don't have a job. And yep. it's just this endless loop of like, you can't ever get started. So I started blogging for free for some basketball blog. And then I met somebody in a sketch class who introduced me to somebody at Sports Illustrated. And then I think largely because... Sports Illustrated need more women. I've I've also exclusively worked in very male dominated fields, uh-huh. and so I think many times I have been a, dider- a diversity hire, mm-hmm. um, which has led me to be just like I, this is going to sound terrible for all of the other affirmative action programs in the world, but I have been vastly underqualified for every job I've ever had, <laughs> except for the one that I currently have because yeah. I have learned from the jobs I was underqualified. But that's the point. For. And that's yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, and it's been like because it's sports, it's very and like yeah, I don't care what work I'm making. I'll sure. do whatever you want me to do. Um, yeah. I do think having worked in sports for as long as I have, like I've grown to appreciate it. And I think that it can be a very valuable lens for looking at other parts of culture through. Mm -hmm. And I think the best thing about sports is it's easy to make analogies and like explain complicated concepts to people because sports is sort of a, a level playing field sports. Oh, hello. Yeah. Um, um, but there, there are very few sports. Like once I'm done working in sports, I'm, I will probably watch occasional basketball games. I'll watch golf and I don't think I'll ever watch another sporting mm. event. And I'll watch the Olympics because the Olympics are the best. Olympics but the best. I um, used to be obsessed with baseball, mm-hmm. like major league baseball, like obsessed, mm-hmm. like in a real way. It wasn't even like, well, dad liked this. So it was like in a real way, obsessed, like the way like you become obsessed with like a TV show, a TV show or anything like that. It was like an obsessive thing. And now I look back and I'm like, that's so funny because I don't even remember 
how that could happen. Like, I don't even understand how that could happen to me now. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's part of like, it's like sports was one of those things that got ruined for me as I got older. Cause I realized it was all fake. Mm. And like, it was one of those things where I was like, no, I'm actually not going to give that a break. Yeah. Like, like you, you get older and you watch sports and you realize, well, they're all on steroids or most of them are on steroids. And then like, for example, with baseball, like that, that, that entire world, like everything about that, the game in 1998 that made it so exciting, you know, the home run race right. to find out that those were two like actual monsters, mm-hmm. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire was like, not something I was willing to like forgive. Sure. Sure. Whereas like. You get a little older and you realize like the Oscars are fixed or something mm-hmm. and like they pay for those awards to be given out and you're like, eh, I get that it's a business. For me, it's like they're <laughs> ruining these men's bodies and yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Like with the doping things with the Olympics, I'm like, that to me is insane. They can't be wanting to do this and if they are, there's like mental issues and like also have you up- seen there's a great documentary called bigger faster stronger that is about oh, steroids it. and it's it's very interesting it's not the most well-made documentary because it's like a big gym guy who's like i want to expose <laughs> steroid culture in the gym and he does like the best job he can but it's not yeah. it's never gonna be like <laughs> errol morris you know <laughs> yeah um, but that's very good um um the other thing that I, like sports is useful for me because i have a uh, I'm a real weirdo and mm-hmm. I like I said I for sure have some level of Asperger's and sports is just a very easy way for me to talk to people because yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like especially because like I don't I don't get that much about sports I'll be the first person to admit that but I understand the things to say to make it sound like you yeah. know about sports and then totally. you just let the other person talk and then uh, it's like we're friends now that's yeah. so smart I yeah. totally get that, is that. Like an entry I find point. it very useful for me but it's not something I particularly enjoy totally I think I'm more like that with music I'm in a full vacuum with sports. Like I honestly, like I have such like, you know, nothing I will. Yeah. I mean, pretty much nothing. I mean, I know like the, like the, like the real like pervasive things that have like cut through. Like, it's also, I will say growing up in Colorado around Broncos culture is ugh. such a sports turnoff. Yeah. It was, it's, it was a huge sports a turnoff for me. I was like, why do you guys worship this guy, John Elway? I mean, I know like, like I'm sh- I don't know how you feel about John Elway, Nicole, but I moved to, I moved to Colorado in 1999, 1998. And I was like, these people all worship this person. Yeah. Why? Like I didn't like coming from Canada where it's like, it didn't really matter as much. Uh, it's very weird. And and so I also weird. have like a lot of like ethical issues with the NFL now. Like you're oh, like, yeah. there's yeah. a 97% chance that an NFL player will get brain damaged. Like that's not a thing yeah. that we can like no. kids shouldn't be playing football. Nope. Like this, I'm happy. Bad. I'm happy that that's coming out. And honestly, I say that my father for, 30 years was a varsity football coach and i think it's so a part of like that it's so a part of the culture Mm -hmm. that like it's this it's really still really taboo where you kind of want to tap people on the shoulder and be like but actually look at what's happening yeah like actually if an eight-year-old boy has multiple concussions he's fucked up for life my dad was uh, is like one of the most naturally gifted athletes i've ever met and he was Mm -hmm. drafted by the Dallas Cowboys out of college. Um, wow. And he ended up not doing, because this was in the 70s when it was like, he would have been a wide receiver. He was like a skinny white guy wide receiver and professional athletes didn't make the money back then that they do now. Yeah. And he knew he probably only had like a couple years in him. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, I'm going to have to go get a real job. And then I've been like out of school for two years and like didn't make sense. So he turned it down for a variety of reasons. Smart. But now I think like if he had a son I don't know that he would have let his son play football. No. And he's, and he even like, cause he's a physician. Like he gets, he treated kids with sports injuries all the time. Oh, he's an orthopedic um, uh, yeah, 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 physician. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and so he sees all the injuries and I think, I think even he has come around to being like football in its current state is bad. We got to do something about it. And even he still watches football as a fan, Mm, you know, it's just like so ingrained. And also like, not even about just their health, but the way that they act. I mean, they hit their wives. Like, like it's not, it's not isolated. Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to pretend that like other athletes are like, way better Saints. but like the nf there's so many problems in the nfl yeah. and i do so think many. i also do think there's a racial element to it absolutely where mm-hmm. it's like we why don't we care that we're that these men are kind of killing each other out there is it because they're black because like a lot a lot mostly white men own these teams like mostly white men making the decisions like that feels kind of strange to me yeah if mm-hmm. you really think about it like the concept of of individuals owning sports teams has always like never made sense. It's bizarre. Me. <laughs> I mean, it's like, Oh, we'll trade this one to that one. It's the and, sports is the kind of thing where uh, if you think too hard about it, yeah. you're like, sports are bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sports are bad. it's, it's bad because there's money. Yeah. That's why it's bad. It's bad because it's all about money. It's not about winning. It, it's really not at the end of the day. Like it's about money. Yeah. And that is why no one is wanting to say anything about, um, th- these in- these kind of sports injuries and what they do, and also why for so long we didn't say anything about the steroid use because everyone fucking knew. Yeah, everyone knew how. Like if you, I'll tell you who didn't know the fans because mm-hmm. I think I think everyone just like ignorance is bliss and like you see these like hulks of men. You see Mark McGuire and he's this marvel and you think wow he's our Babe Ruth and you just keep living your goddamn life. But those team owners all knew, mm-hmm. like. Come on. I remember I went to a doubleheader, the Mets versus the Cardinals in 98. This is like three quarters of the way through the season. We saw Mark McGuire in batting practice hit 17 home runs in batting practice. Oh, my God. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my entire life. I'll never forget it. And I remember I I stood like I was on the the floor level, on the ground level, but uh, on the third base side like a little, like 10 rows back. I had great seats for this doubleheader with my dad and just watching him do this and seeing how big he was, even from afar, how much bigger he was than everyone else. I was like, <sighs> whoa. And now to not, to not even have that kind of feeling in your head, like there's something weird going on here. Like there were grown men and grown adults there like that were around him that knew and they ripped everybody off. Yeah. It was fake. It was cheating. It was theater. Cult- like culture room number three. No sports. sports are bad. Oh, no, <laughs> no sports. Sports yeah. are bad. Because like everything's fake, right? I mean, you you, you grow up and you realize the politics are fake. The fucking entertainment industry is fake. Sports are fake. But it's like <laughs> there's something about this and pretending how noble it is. That's what it is. Mm. And I think that ooh, to circle back around, um, I think that's why maybe I am so drawn to like just really stupid dumb comedy because it's like it's not. Because life is not trying to be important. Like it's life is a farce. There's no artifice (laughs) in dumb comedy. Yeah, it's not like trying to like present itself as anything other than like this is dumb, right? Yeah, Uh yeah, yeah. Like you guys know the world's fucking dumb, right? It's all fake. It's all a thing. It's like what RuPaul says. What does RuPaul say? It's the Matrix. The Matrix, honey. Like (laughs) this is, I think, ever since I heard this spoken out loud by RuPaul, it now makes so much sense to me. It's like 
The Wizard of Oz. It's like once you realize there's a man behind the curtain, you get disappointed and your instinct is to get fucking angry. But it's like, don't yeah. get angry. Just like understand the truth, which is that all everything is fake. And then play in the, fa- play in the fakeness. Yeah. And why do we get angry? Because we realize we got bought. Mm. That's why we're so mad. It's like we got bought by the Maguire Sosa thing. Yeah. And like, come on. That was so stupid. And I just remember like, I think even the next three years after that, like hearing even for a second, like the first time I think I heard like Mark McGuire cheating steroids, I think I knew even then I was like, oh shit. Like I got to back away from this. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. so stupid. I was, it was over for me after the subway series. I was like, no way. You think you can pinpoint your like distaste with and disenchantment with sports to the, to to I think I can, I think I can pinpoint, well with baseball, I think I can pinpoint it to when the rest of the fucking country was like, fuck this. Mm. Everybody in the country was tuned in for the subway series. Mm. It wasn't just a New York thing to my understanding. It was like nationwide. It was like such a big deal. Everyone thought about the home run race. That was national news. It was on the cover of every newspaper. It was such a big deal. Now who fucking cares? <laughs> it's like, what? We're going to be surprised? Like, A-Rod's fucking who? He's how doped up? They're, they're, like, he's getting retiring? Okay, cool. I would have thought he was gone five years ago. Like, maybe it's just that my priorities and, like, the way I entertain myself have changed. But, like, I feel like nobody really takes it that seriously anymore. Sure. I mean, I have, I have no context for this. So this is really... I mean, it's people, really It's really difficult to enforce. People talking also. more about the fucking halftime shows than they are the Super Bowls. Ooh. You know what yep, I mean? Yep, yep. Like, they really are. Yeah. Like, who cares anymore? Like, I don't know. I guess people do, but... Wow. And then, this has nothing to do with anything, but I watched it last night. Um, but... Uh, there's this documentary called, oh, fuck, I think it's called All This Mayhem, uh-huh. I think, but it's about, so Tony Hawk was the first skateboarder to land the 900, right. uh, and then there's, like, there's some people who say that, like, this other guy did it in practice, but, like, the camera didn't quite catch it, but, like, he's the first guy who, like, here, I did it, I did it in a contest, here's irrefutable proof that I did it, uh-huh. but this is a documentary about these two, like, Australian guys who they explicitly say, like, yeah, from the moment I started skateboarding, I just knew I had to go to America because I had to beat Hawk. And it's, yeah. and their whole thing is like they just want to beat Tony Hawk. And and the documentary like sets it up as like, like these guys were better skateboarders than Tony Hawk and Tony Hawk was a big dick to them and there's a conspiracy to uh. prevent them from spinning this trick in the, in the uh, whatever, I guess 99 X Games, I think. Like they kept him out and these guys were better skateboarders. Uh, and then like the rest of the documentary is just like their lives, like falling apart and them doing oh, like no. every drug on you earth. spoke out. Yeah. And then, and then th- I read an interview with Tony Hong afterwards and he was like, they literally made everything in that documentary. Up. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah. And it, and I watched that man. I'm obsessed with these kind of documentaries where it's like, Shitty dudes who are, are capable of doing one really good thing and then they just can't, their lives fall apart. Oh. I, there's a documentary about the guy who made, he wrote the script for Reservoir Dogs. Or excuse mm-hmm. me, not Reservoir Dogs. Uh, that's Tarantino. Um, Boondock Saints. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was just like a shitty Boston guy who was working as a bartender. Yes, yes, yes. In LA. And he wrote this script and somehow it got to the Weinstein Company and they were like, yeah, we'll buy it. Uh, <laughs> and so then he got famous and then he just like brought all of his weird Boston friends into it and... And the reason there's so much footage is because he was so into himself that he made one of his friends just film everything. And, and there's like 20 speeches that he's giving his friends where he's like, we're going to, we're going to fucking shake, shake this town up. Yes. I've heard we're going to shake this up and we're going to do something that nobody's ever done before. (laughs) Cause he was in a shitty band also. (laughs) So he was like, and we're going to, we're going to dominate the box office. 
and we're going to dominate the music charts. And nobody's, <laughs> nobody's ever done that before. And I wanted to be like l- tons of people. <laughs> I love <laughs> Dolly Parton, Elvis, yeah. uh, 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 Barbara Streisand, yeah. uh, like Frank Sinatra, like Madonna, tons of people. Madonna, Madonna. Like, like Madonna. so many people. <laughs> but he was like, this band is going. And then you never actually hear their band play. They, they got a record. So this guy sold the screenplay for Boondock Saints. And then somehow his band got signed to a record deal because of the script for Boondock Saints and the record label had never heard this band play. They were just like, well, you did Boondock Saints. We'll let you. And then like the record deal falls apart and they like can't stop drinking. And it's like, wow. Boondock Saints, literally every older kid on my track team. And I was like ran cross country in high school. And like the guys with like long hair who were like did track. They all quoted Boondock Saints in their AOL. Boondock Saints is, is the movie that like the seniors in high school like. Yeah, exactly. Horrible. They were like, you don't get it, but like Boondock Saints. <laughs> and now if I think about it, I'm like, was there a plot to that movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like, you know. Have you ever seen the Tanya Harding documentary? No, it's been on my list for forever. But you I have must. To, I will watch it. It is because it's truly a crazy person on yeah. display. Yeah. I mean, sh- and she's just got so much of her own belief in herself in her eyes, and she's sitting there telling you, like, listen, it's a fucking conspiracy. And you're like, you truly are a crazy person on a global stage. Ooh. Like, and, and honestly, I two things I think are fascinating, which I never really got until recently. Well, three. I mean, the Lewinsky thing, like, now is fascinating to me because truly you understand how cruel America was to her. And yes. that, they were, that was a story, not of a president cheating on his yeah. wife. I, because honestly, she probably fucking knew about it. And I, I don't think she really cared. I think I she had to so pretend either, yeah. she cared. But I think that's a story about uh, America turning their back on that woman. And I thought I think it's a story of the first real online bullying. Yeah. I think we'll look back mm-hmm, on that in 100 mm-hmm. years and saying that was the state of the world at that time. But also the OJ situation. I had no idea he was as I big as he was it's until crazy. the show. Yeah. Did you watch the 30 for 30? No, I haven't, but watch I heard it. it. It's, the, it's amazing. The 30 for 30, there's stuff that takes place in that documentary that would not be tolerated in a scripted series because yeah. like this could never happen, <laughs> but it did for him. I mean, there's a point in episode one where one of OJ's <laughs> high school friends is like, I remember we played a hilarious prank on OJ one day. One day we were, we were all alone in the locker room and we pulled a gun on him. Oh. And that's the prank. <laughs> Oh my it's god! Just, that's it. It's crazy. I also I didn't because I've only ever known him as a murderer. Yeah, the trial same. happened. When oh yes, yeah, that's what generation. So I didn't know and that I he said was like a football player. I remember. I, I so I started watching the People versus OJ, the Ryan Murphy show, and I was like, so hold good. on, so good, so good. And I was like, hold on a second. He was like a hero, a already hero. that famous. I texted my dad. I'm like. How famous was O.J. Simpson at the time of his arrest? And he responded, he was the most famous athlete of his generation. And he was more than that. He was a movie star. He was on commercials. He was, he was the first like kind of like for sports star to do that. And then I was like, okay, so this is like as if Michael Jordan or LeBron James or like Serena Williams is where it happened well, to. Side note, do you follow Serena Williams on uh, Snapchat? She's um, incredible. She's unbelievable. She's unbelievable. <laughs> she's phenomenal. So I hear, but I have yet to follow. The, the, I love uh, Serena. She, she did, she, that she, documentary too. The yeah. Serena and Venus documentary, that's the truth. She did, um, so she did a Vogue 70 fucking whatever questions. Oh, yeah, I and saw that. And she was incredible. Yeah, she's oh funny. She's so funny. She's also amazing in the Sorry video, the Beyonce yes. Sorry video. She's just fucking getting on, it. In, on Instagram, there's this toast filter. I don't know if you've seen it. There's literally a filter that's just a piece of toast with a hole for your face. Yeah. Yes. She, and she just does it. It just looks at herself. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so funny. That's she's, hilarious. She's one of the good ones, and she's one of the best athletes of all time. So yes. good for her. And the third one that I want to say is what, what I can't believe is the fucking Tanya Harding and, and Nancy Kerrigan thing. <gasps> I can't <sighs> believe that happened. Yeah, it is what a bizarre insane, period in our and it history. was figure skating. <laughs> yeah. It was figure skating. It Which was, makes it so much more perfect. Like, you can't come up with a better character than Tanya Harding, the figure skating world champion, trailer trash. Yeah, trailer trash. You can't come up they with a better. To, and the, the ice season, princess Nancy then, Kerrigan. Yeah. <laughs> Why? They, they Why? Can't come, you can't. Sorry. They have to do a Because, like, it's not. I, you can't do American Crime Story because, like, nobody died. But they need to give it the people versus OJ oh, treatment. I they would watch the hell out of you. Need, you need... American Crime, st- what is it called? American, American Crime, Crime Story. Story. The People versus Tanya Harding. <laughs> we need something. Yeah. We need to switch. Because you could do American Crime Story and then not do The People versus. You could yeah. just do American Crime, Crime Story, Story Tanya, Tanya, Tanya Harding. <laughs> and get like fucking Sarah Paulson to play or have her oh beef up. Honestly, God. that would be perfect. I would live, die, and come back to life. Yeah. For that, you you gotta get involved in that show somehow. I got. I mean, yeah. I she, had her, she had her like weird dumb boyfriend. I oh Jeff Galuli. Yeah, who was, one, who was one of the guys who beat her up? Jeff Galuli was one of the people that hired the two like uh, goons, the, the two him, yeah. fucking true idiots <laughs> to, to to try to kill or beat up Can Nancy. Oh, hurt her, her? Okay, no, I'll do or, it now. Or, no, not now. Not no. now. <laughs> what are you doing? <sighs> like so, and in honest to God, broad daylight. <laughs> Like truly, like and then what honestly, are you doing? The, the circus, and the, like just I Why? can't believe. Oh man, Why? that and also like the amount of shit that she got for like literally like who knows if it was like a little put on or not. I don't know. Nancy Kerrigan, but I believe that Nancy Kerrigan like is a little bit of a piece of work too because she was like truly the, she's the face of white privilege. <laughs> I get, but but Tanya is also white. What, what's your no point? no no? But Tanya never had any privilege in her goddamn life. Oh, sure, 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 That's the thing is like when you watch the documentary, you're like you're almost like <laughs> rooting. For you're Tanya. almost like with Tanya, like yeah. This bitch had to go. <laughs> she was rich. She had the endorsements. She had to go. <laughs> she had to get clubbed. That's beautiful. We had to clear the way for Tanya. <laughs> no one. No one's fully good. No one's fully evil. I love that. Shades of Grey. Shades of Grey. It's like Game of Thrones, bitch. It's, it's the rule number seventy-eight of culture. There is a shade, shade of, of gray. gray. That's the rule. Listen. I can't believe those three stories of the 90s truly can only have happened in the 90s. But then again, here we have Trump running for goddamn president. So and maybe it all gets more. But you know what? Also, as we learned today, the title of this episode, Life is a Farce. Life is a Farce. <laughs> a theme that we've touched on multiple times. Yes. We've come to a segment in our show. Um, this is a favorite segment. Yes. This is uh, called I Don't Think So, Honey. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to pick something in culture that you are feeling some kind of way about. And you got to rail against it and say... I don't think so, honey. As many times as, as possible. As many times as possible. It doesn't have to necessarily mis- make sense. It has to Do we to all say, do one or do I, I just do we one? We all do one. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have to say, I don't think so, honey, and you got to be passionate. Okay. So I, I have one. You're going to go first because I have one too. You go first though. I actually came prepared this week. I came prepared this week too. I came semi-prepared. Okay. Same. I, I, I knew so my let, subject Give me matter. your phone so I can okay. do the clock. All right. So this is Bone Yang. I don't think so, honey. And 
Go. I don't think so, honey. Chinese consulate and the Chinese consulate website, honey. I don't think so, honey. The website for not being very clear with the guidelines on how what what paperwork I should bring, Ooh. what should be notarized, oh. what IDs I should bring, what invite or identification I should bring. Ah. It is not clear whatsoever. And I'm not I am not gonna wait in line for hours and hours at the consulate, which is only open five days a week, weekdays from nine AM to two thirty PM. Oh. Horrible hours. I why can't you accommodate those of us who work from night who work from nine to five? I don't think so, honey, oh. for those stupid hours. I don't think so, honey, for I'm not going to wait in line for for that much time and then have me turned away from the window because I don't have the appropriate paperwork filled out or the right amount of copies or what have you. I don't think so, honey. This is a farce. I want to get into my country that my parents grew up in, that my grandparents live in, my, that all my extended family is from. I have a connection to this country and I understand that things are sensitive right now with 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 people with tourism coming to, to China. But I don't think so, honey. This should be an easier process. You should trust me implicitly when I try to go back to China to get a visa. I don't think so, honey. That is one minute. That is one minute. That's Bonyangs. I don't think so, honey. Ooh. And boy, it was it was more words per minute than you've ever had. I got very. You know what? I get very flustered. I get a little marble mouth. Um, you know, it's I think hard. You did for a me great to, job. Thank you, Nicole. But wow, I just I think, had a I lot think to, now it's going to be easier at the consulate. I think they easier. heard that and they're gonna they're gonna clear the way. Consulates are part of culture, and we need to hold them accountable as cultural institutions. Consulate culture. Consulate. Whereas culture. that's what we're living in. Yes. Okay. okay. I have one, and it's not going to be as um as uh incisive as yours was okay. it's getting more passionate great here we go i love passion and incisiveness but sometimes we can only do one here we I, go okay here we go one minute starts now i don't think so honey that one blonde n- pundit that i see on all the shows and you know who you are I'm not even kidding about this anymore. I saw you after the debate. I saw you after the Republican National Convention. It's you, and I don't know her name, but I, you, I know her face. And she is the one, and in her eyes, whenever she talks to somebody who is of, of a different race than her, you can see fear in her eyes. And I call her out because I look at her, and she was actually trying to tell a black gentleman on CNN the other day that Obama has done less for the black community than Donald Trump will. And it was crazy. And I was like, you are the kind of person who if you were walking on the street and you saw a black person coming your way, you would pull your bag tighter to you. Shame on you. You have deer in the headlight eyes. You have blonde hair. I've seen you before. I'll finish you. <gasps> and I'm done with you. And I'll find your name. I'll say it next episode. That's one minute. That's one minute. I don't know her name. Okay. Is it Dana Bash? She's on CNN. You look it is up while I do mine. Dana she's, Bash. She's not particularly conservative, but I don't know who it's you're talking like about. It's not like Mika Fox. Or is it Mika, Mika Brzezinski? It is not. It is not Mika Brzezinski. Is I know her. Dana Bash. It is not you Dana know Bash. Her. No, but isn't You'll it crazy? All her. these women look the same. I mean, especially on Fox, but okay. It's crazy. We'll it's get, stupid. We'll get to the bottom of this. Okay, but Nicole, are you ready for your one minute? I'm I don't ready. think so, honey. All right, and here we go. Okay, war dogs? I don't think so, honey. Woo! I don't think so, honey. Woo! I Have I seen it? No. Am I going to see it? I don't think so, honey. <laughs> uh, war dogs looks like exactly like Wolf of Wall Street, which I hated, but minus the <laughs> attractive main character. Yes. Uh, it's just two ugly guys, and now instead of a story about how one person <laughs> fucked over a first world country now it's about how two guys fuck over a third world country Mm. i don't think so honey wolf of wall street was the movie version of a story that a drunk coked out co-worker you barely know tells you at a party that will not end i don't think so honey (laughs) those actors are not real actors 
that screenplay is not a real screenplay. <sighs> I don't think so, honey. Wow. It's being marketed to 14-year-old boys who are now... It's propaganda. Oh, All it is. it is is propaganda for 14-year-old boys to suddenly love war. It's exactly what Jarhead was. It's exactly what Apocalypse Now was back Jarhead. in the day. I don't think so, honey. I'm not going to support this regime oh. of terror, especially when you could go see fucking war dogs, or not war dogs, when you could see bad moms, which is great. Yes. Yeah. That's one minute. Wow. All and right. Ended up who is moms. in war dogs? Is that Adam Adam Devine? No. Who is in war dogs? Fucking uh, um, the... The guy who's he was in um, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Fucking Jonah Hill. Jonah yes. Hill. Uh, Ew. Yeah. No. Get yeah, him out. Yeah, he's in it. Uh, and it might be Adam. It's it's not Adam Devine, but I think it's a guy who looks like him. Sure. Well, it's an average white guy playing an average white guy character based on a true story about how oh, they fucking killed Miles, a lot Miles of Teller. brown people. Miles Teller. Miles no Teller. Way. Honestly, I don't think so, honey. Miles Teller. <laughs> No, I don't our think so. Our producer, our producer Joe is agreeing. Do you with say his I body. don't think so, honey? Uh, yeah, Joe I, hates I, I Miles can't Teller. St- I can't stand what Miles else he, Teller. What else has he done? I'll um, tell you what he's done. An obnoxious interview in Esquire. <laughs> oh, he's the guy. He's, he's the guy. guy. And also, guy. I met the fiance of the woman that wrote that article. It was so random. He actually is Henry's friend. Oh. And I was out for drinks with Henry and his friends. And this guy goes, yeah, I'm getting married. And I was like, oh, what does your wife do? And, and he said, she's a writer for Esquire. She, you might have read that article about Miles Teller. She wrote it. I'm like, that was amazing. And yeah. started a real conversation about what a fucking douche dick he is. I love it. I love that he's out of the closet with his douchiness. Oh, yeah. He's, and, and he's also like, it also truly, I don't need any more Leonardo DiCaprio's. No. no. I don't need them. Like, I don't need them. I want it. I, give me more Zoe Saldana's. Give me more Zoe Saldana's. Yeah. Give me more Halle Berry's. Rule number 106 of culture. I don't I need, need no more, more Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's. DiCaprio's. Give me more Zoe Saldana's. Saldana's. The best rule. You know, I just want to say one thing before we close. Um, for those of you that are friends with me on Facebook, which you all probably are. Um, I, just, I love doing my own podcast where I'm like addressing a broader audience. Yeah, but, but I know, you but I know who well. you are. Yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't friended me yet, friend me. I usually will see if we have over 10 mutual friends and then we'll yeah. all accept it. There you go. Open myself up to a lot of people that way. Um, I just want to say I posted the trailer of Ooh. a movie called Kidnap. That's oh. coming out with oh. Halle Berry. Oh. And this is the trailer of the century. I think, Nicole, you might know this. Is there, is there an award for best trailer? I think there is. I don't know what it's called, but I think there is. And that trailer should win it. It should win for every Every award. time she says, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Every time she just talks. The whole movie is her talking to herself. The whole movie is, oh, no. Where's <laughs> my phone? Oh, God. My son. My kid. You listen to me. I will never stop to is get there, my kid. Does, does she have a contract? Is there something in her rider that says that she must say, you listen to me. Yes, absolutely. You listen to me. Ooh, I mean, listen, it's a, Ooh, you listen to me would be a great title for a ooh, podcast. You listen to me. You listen to me. That should have been what this she, Oh, she, I think you she even says, me. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And uh, the best line, the best line that ends that whole trailer. You took the wrong kid. <laughs> Blackout. Which somebody also, Andrew Farmer posted on the status. Honestly, this is so real. They were like, also glad the person that stole the kid is in a very easy to see <laughs> turquoise getaway, sta- getaway station wagon. <laughs> like it's the easiest color to see in the world. Like so, it's so funny. I love it. I love these Taken movies. It's basically Taken. Um, it's Red Eye meets Obsessed. Meets flight plan. Meets flight plan. Meets speed. Meets 
I love it. I live for these All fucking movies. It. We need more of them. I don't feel like there's enough. We, we need one character, Halle Berry, Chase Thrill. Yes. I hope they're calling it a thriller because I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled, baby. I'm thrilled. Well, listen, maybe we all go see it. I will do that. After we're done recording, let's pick a day. I'll go see the it. The last movie Nicole and I saw together was The Artist. <laughs> and I thank, thank you so much, Nicole, for coming. Nicole. We love Nicole. Where can we find you on, on uh, social media? You can find news? me. Uh, very confusing. There's a 14-year-old girl in Australia who snatched up some of the... Fuck app. her. Yeah, Fuck so her. on Twitter, it's <laughs> at Nicole Conlon. On Instagram and Snapchat, it's at the Nicole Conlon. The... The the uh, you can look up Stevador comedy and yeah, see fantastic some sketches. Duo. Uh, yes. I think that's about it. Great, Nicole, yeah. we love you so we much. Thank you for being you. in the we show. Love it. We love it. Lost Culturistas podcast. Thank you forever, dog. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Matt Rogers. That's Bonyang. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.